Paul Stanklish. We, we caught up with a skipper of the 1990 promotion team, Paul Stanleman Stancliffe, and actually my uncle. He played for the Blades on 278 occasions between 83 and 90 and captained the club for most of that time. Stan survived the cull under Bassett, but we went down in 88 to be part of the back-to-back promotion side. An inspirational leader, Stancliffe went on to play for Wolves and York in a long and successful career. He is now a youth coach at Doncaster Rovers. We asked Stan about his time with United and the 1990 season. The squad of 1990 had a lot of personalities. What were they like to captain, Dad? <laughs> um, yeah, they're a very easy group. Um, some good lads in that one. As you say, the personalities, but quite a few leaders in the team. Uh, Mark Morris in the centre-half at the side of me. Tony Garner up front and Brian. Uh, John Gannon and, and Sam Tracy, we all had a voice in the dressing room, really. So they're a good bunch, um, very easy. So talking specifically of the 1990 BBC series, how did the players feel about the cameras being around, especially in the dressing room? By the time the cameras got there, we, we were sort of used to having people around the dressing room because we'd had researchers coming in for two or three games bef- before the actual cameras were there. So it was, it was quite easy, really, when they, when they came in. OK, going on from that, Bassett's team talk seemed to make little sense to us as in the audience. Did you understand them or take any notice? Yeah, Harry's sort of team talks, he did, he did like a ramble, Harry. But they, once you got to know him, they didn't make sense. He sort of, uh, he went round everybody individually, he didn't leave anybody out. So it was, it was OK, we knew what he was going on about, really, because it had all been planned before again. So if uh, obviously if anybody wasn't uh, sticking to the game plan or things weren't going his way, he, he made him obviously he made him uh, aware of it, shall we say? But yeah, we knew what we knew what he was trying to get across. Uh, Leicester must have been strange for you being injured. How was the day for you personally? When we went to Leicester. It was strange being injured. It was it was sort of difficult at first because you want to be part of it, but as the day went on and, and things were going our way that sort of went out of the window and you just joined in the uh the the jubilation of the day and enjoying everything about it so as in the end it it's uh, it was a team that mattered um personally it would have been nice to be there but these things happen in football it was an injury I couldn't do anything about it if i'd have played i wouldn't have been fit so it, i'd have been letting the team down so it's uh it's, it's never really bothered me, so it's been fine. Right, a few quick-fire questions now. Firstly, who was the best player that you played with at United? Probably have to say Brian Dean. Um, when Brian first came in, Harry signed him from Doncaster. He, he was a young lad, very raw. Uh, didn't really look the part, to be honest. Uh, one or two of them scratching their heads at what Harry had signed. But uh, Brian's development over the two years I was there with him was unbelievable. And obviously he turned into a, a very good player. So that was the best player. What about the most underrated player you played with at United? most underrated one I, I, I played with, in, in certainly in Harry's time, I'd have to say John Gannon. Uh, John was a very skillful player. 
and knew what his role was within the team. And although we were a direct team, and John could play football, he could pass the ball, he had a great technique of playing. And so I would certainly have to say John on that one. What was your favourite shirt that you wore during your time at the Blades? Shirt, as probably everybody's is, it was the, the away strip. Um, the sort of, the, shall we say, the luminous green that we had. Uh, took everybody by surprise when we, when we first wore it. So that will always stick in the memory. Are you still in touch with many of that squad from 1990? Not really in touch with any anybody on a regular basis. We see each other now, now and again, um, reunions and such like that. Probably the, the one I speak to most would probably be Brian Dean. Uh, we occasional phone call, bump into him at, uh, at games. So I'd have to say Brian on that one. And how did you feel about your wife becoming uh, famous as a result of the series and probably much more famous than you? Uh, no problems with Janet being in the, the series as well. Um, you know, footballers' wives have to put up with a lot. Um, certainly time we're away and, and training and things like that or going on tours and away game overnight stays. So no, sometimes they, they deserve it. Finally, can you still take a long throw in? Uh, no, I can't take a long throw in anymore. Uh, my shoulders, are, I have to say, are absolutely knackered, so there's no chance of that. And just quickly, have you got any final message for Blades fans? Just like to add at the end, you know, I think, as everybody's seen, what, what a great job has been doing down there now with Chris. Uh, hopefully we can get through this this strange time and we can get back on the pitch and it be great to see United get back into Europe. Thank you very much. Um, John, your thoughts on your dad's enthusiasm for those uh, for that interview? He sounded happy, didn't he? Incredibly enthusiastic, man. <laughs> yeah, obviously, grew up in Sheffield, um, and now he really does class himself as a Sheffield United fan. I always ask him because everyone says, "Oh, you were a Chef Wednesday fan growing up," and he, and he said, "Well, that was partly true because he went there until he was twelve years old. Well, that's just because he was there as a schoolboy." Uh, and once they released him, um, he said, I had no affection for the club whatsoever. That old excuse. So, yeah, so he, he, he sees himself now massively as a Sheffield United fan. And, and, and I can vouch for that because he texts me on Saturdays and when United have played. And Do you think he's lying when he says in, it, it, it didn't get to him that he didn't play in that, that game? No, I don't think he is. I'd be good. I mean, obviously, he, 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 must, he must look back on it and think... Wow, I wish I could have played. But you've also got to look back at, really, promotion was achieved before that game. Yeah. And he'd led them into many battles before to get them there. And he was lucky enough to play. I think he scored uh, in this promotion season before away at Wolves, that vital game where we drew to all. Uh, so he played that. Um, but he, he probably does secretly look down and... Think God, I would, I would love to have played in that game. That's probably the one game which he missed, and probably wish he hadn't. More than happy to hear John Gannon as the underrated player, because obviously as a kid at that age, I'd hear the rumblings in the crowd of Oh Gannon, you know, who's obviously missed out quite a lot defence to attack, but you could say you could see that he had ability, and it's good to hear it from a a pro 
was he yeah. was a bit of a boo boy, wasn't he? When he yeah, uh, yeah. when he I remember the start of this promotion. It obviously came in the year before and wasn't was in and out a bit. But then this season, obviously, he's a regular. I remember earlier. I think it was game played either Swindon or Oldham, and he got absolutely we won, and he got hammered. I remember. And, I think, you know, I always thought he was a good player. He was a good footballer. I, I think the thing that went goes against uh, Gannon was probably his work ethic. I mean, Wilder touches on it now about the fans will clap you off the pitch if you give absolutely everything you have. And maybe they saw Gannon and probably a bit, even though he probably wasn't, a bit probably lazy and didn't do the hard graph like Mark Todd did the season before or when Toddy was coming in and, the work rate of Booker and those around him. And they always say the ones that have the most talent in the team don't probably work as hard off the ball. Lovely perm as well. Fantastic perm. Yeah, great perm. Fantastic, which, which possibly did work against him again. It's not really a, a Sheffield working class haircut, is it, a perm on a bloke? <laughs> no, I got a few mates who had a perm after Gannon, though. Yeah. Uh, I don't what, 12-year-olds had a perm? <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, rip. Richard Archer, Paul Heathcote. Yeah, they both had a perm. The Gannon, they called it. The Gannon. <laughs> but no, just back to the booing. I'm not going to flower it up because it's played listening, but we do boo too many players at Bravo. I agree. We did. And uh, Gannon was probably the first that I heard. And then you've had Quinn and Montgomery since. So stop it. 